Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Derek Stanford, who's business development uh, uh, vice president of business development at Post Media Parcel Services, and Jason Fry, who's senior business development manager at RouteSmart Technologies. And today we're going to talk about the parcel delivery revolution, how newspapers can leverage technology and infrastructure to diversify revenue streams. Now, for a long time, parcel was the little brother or little sister of transportation modes. And then e-commerce came along and now parcel is the fastest mode of, uh, fastest growing mode of delivery. And this is creating both challenges and opportunities for the industry. And this is particularly true for, um, for newspapers. So what makes parcel delivery a good business opportunity for newspapers? How can technology help them exploit this opportunity? And what are some lessons learned to help uh, newspapers succeed in the parcel delivery market? Well, those are the questions we're going to address in today's episode, and it's great to have Derek and Jason on the program to share their insights and perspective and experience on this topic. So, Derek, Jason, welcome to the program. Great. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah, great to be here again. Appreciate you having us on, Adrian. So, so Derek, uh, again, thank you for, for being on the program. Um, you know, some folks might be familiar with uh, post-media partial services, some folks might not. So before we dive into the program, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the company and your role there? Sure. Uh, Post Media would be Canada's largest newspaper publishing uh, company. We've got over 130 titles coast to coast in Canada. Um, we're a majority owned by Chatham Financial in New Jersey, who also has a controlling stake in McClatchy in the United States. So a lot of newspapers there. But uh, yeah, and in my role is um, uh, vice president of business development for the parcel portion of the business. And we were recently acquired by Post Media exactly 12 months ago. Prior to that, we were known as Brunswick News, based in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada, and uh, had a number of uh, dailies in New Brunswick and uh, and weekly and community papers there. Great, great. So, uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, strong presence in the newspaper market and experience there, and uh, now in, in you know in the parcel industry as well. And I, I we'll we'll get into you know your your experience and your, your success story there, you know, to date. Um, but before we get there, um, I guess let's ask a basic question. You know, what makes partial delivery a good business opportunity for for newspapers to pursue? That's a great question, Adrian. Um, for us, it, it started out as uh, as, a, as an opportunity to, to to expand revenues and, quite frankly, to to survive. Um, our CEO at the time, Jamie Irving, was at a conference, and he uh, where Jeff Bezos was presenting, and Jeff presented the notion uh, of delivering Amazon parcels with newspapers. Of course, he owns the Washington Post. And um, it was still just a concept uh, for Jeff at the time. But Jamie left the conference thinking, you know, that sounds like a really, really interesting idea. Anyhow, fast forward, and uh, he was able to make some contacts within Amazon and launch a pilot in uh, New Brunswick, Canada, and has continued to build it out. And uh, really, it just leverages the existing infrastructure and existing network that that has, has been there for decades and decades and and arguably was was starting to, to fade a bit. And this has injected a lot of new life and a lot of new interest into the um, these distri newspaper distribution networks across the country. Yeah, you know, I I, I remember being I think it was at the uh, Rod Smart conference a couple of years ago or before COVID. Um, and, and I got to learn more about um, again, this infrastructure and what goes into newspaper delivery. Now I get the Wall Street Journal at my house 
And I can tell you that, you know, every once in a while, I'll get an email, like if they're predicting, you know, bad weather, I'll get an email saying, hey, your delivery might be delayed or may not, uh, you know, be executed because of the weather. And even so, that paper is there by six o'clock in the morning. Um, so there's a lot of, of, of just established expertise and network and infrastructure in place to be able to uh, even though it's been a plateauing, if not declining number of folks that get their newspapers delivered at home, um, there's just a lot of decades and decades of experience and infrastructure there to make deliveries to a large number of residential homes, which is, you know, parallel to, you know, what a lot of companies are trying to do in the e-commerce space to deliver, you know, a lot of the packages, right? So if it's whether it's a package or a newspaper, you're still trying to accomplish kind of the same thing as trying to meet customer expectations, get the delivery there on time when it's promised in good condition and so forth, which is exactly what newspapers promise their customers as well, historically. Uh, right, Jason? Right, right, Derek? I mean, I, I think that, that yeah. to me is is kind of the parallel there. Yeah, I think that's 100% it. Uh, you, the the three, three things I think about is what do newspapers have? What advantages do they have? Number one, they have facilities, typically at least 10,000 square feet. Uh, they have a distribution force already, uh, carriers, uh, and then typically they have a relationship with almost every every neighborhood that they distribute to. Obviously, there's growth and those kind of things. Um, but, you know, you're used to exactly that, right? Your packages or your newspapers there when you show up in the morning, your package is there when you come home from work. A um, lot, of, lot of similarities that uh, uh, Derek and the folks at Post Media are, are um, taking advantage of. And, and, and I singularly said Derek and Post Media because a lot of folks have been talking about it. A lot of groups are talking about it. These guys are doing it. Yeah. So let, let, let's stay with you, Jason. And, and, you know, one of the other areas where there's already uh, some infrastructure, if you will, some capabilities already in places on the, on the technology side. Yeah. Um, so how can technology, you know, help newspapers expand into partial delivery? I mean, what, what capabilities are, are, are important here? Yeah. So I think there's, there's two problems that, that technology solves or that need to be solved with, with distribution. It's either number one, I have existing routes. Uh, what, uh, what is the, best delivery order sequence uh, to distribute X, whether it be a package, whether it be a newspaper, whether it, uh, you know, on and on, be a magazine, on and on and on. Uh, and the second is, hey, I've got this universe of stops to be made. How do I best deploy my resources? In other words, how many routes do I need? And then what delivery order sequence best meet, be, meets the needs, you know, because you want your uh, Crocs before 10 a.m. and I want my uh, toaster oven after 4 p.m. So, um, those two, those two are the two main uh, questions that technology can answer. Uh, specifically, when it comes to RouteSmart, we have a web service called uh, RouteSmart. Uh, I'm sorry, Routing as a Service or RAS, uh, which can be called API. That's what uh, the folks at Post Media are calling. Uh, that's what a number of large uh, parcel distribu distributors uh, here in the U.S. are, are using each day. Um, and via the API, they they submit a data set to the service. The service returns the answer based on uh, the type of routing that they're doing based on the parameters that they're providing. And, uh, you know, it's it's a key cog to how the truck gets loaded, to how the parcels get uh, distributed uh, every day, each and every day. If you get a package, there's a high probability, in the U.S., there's a high probability that your address went through RouteSmart software. As it's turning out, as you receive more and more packages or as, as Post Media distributes more and more packages in Canada, if you get a package in Canada, there's a high probability your address went through RouteSmart's techno technology software. You know, and I think what's interesting is that, um, you know, folks that are 
I, I would say relatively new to partial delivery. Um, you know, the optimization problem is very different than if they've been historically doing truckload, um, you know, optimization or truckload truckload deliveries, right? Because here you're talking about, you know, high density type of, of routes. You're talking about um, a dynamic, uh, you know, yeah. every delivery, um, you, you know, the, the number of places you have to visit varies by day and where they are varies by day. Um, again, so I think that's another thing here that, it, you know, the optimization engine itself and the type of optimization is different than doing truckload or LTL type of optimization, right? Not only that, there's a difference between delivering, let's say, washer and dryer, uh, and there are, you know, what you might be able to, and you have to do installation. So there might be 10, 20, maybe 25 stops a day versus parcels, which can, uh, you know, I think on average is about 80 to 120 parcels. And then when we get to peak season after Black Friday and on through, uh, what, through through middle of February, Derek, is closer to, you know, 250, 300. I mean, they're, these these parcel guys are, and gals are doing a heck of a lot of work in, in a very short amount of time. So the optimization is key uh, to getting that done. Uh, any um, misstep, and, and I mean for, for the actual driver themselves, because we all see them hustling, um, any misturn, any, uh, any uh, uh, inefficiency in time or mileage uh, is really reflected in the bottom line. Right. So, so Derek, let's, let's uh, kind of learn more about, um, you know, let, let's ground this in, in actual operations. I mean, what, what, why don't you tell us a little bit about your operations? I mean, how are you using, you know, technology to, you know, in your delivery operations and, and what, you know, benefits have you been able to achieve so far? Uh, it's a great question. It's uh, it's an interesting story because Brunswick news was a legacy route smelt customer. And, um, and in this industry, in the newspaper industry, because it's been arguably under siege since the internet got popular in the late 90s, um, there hasn't been a lot of uh, really big technical investment in, uh, in the newspaper industry, probably because a lot of newspapers couldn't afford it. So out of necessity, we created our own parcel application on commercially off available products like RouteSmart, but also salesforce.com and, um, and Domo for dashboarding and reporting. And we've we had to build it from scratch because there was nothing out there for us to to buy per se. And since we were already a route smart customer, that formed the nucleus of our application. So that being said, we went on to build it out for our entire organization. So for customer service, distribution, editorial, even advertising, um, was able to leverage the same infrastructure. And now that we've been recently acquired, our parent company, Pulse Media is looking to take the same infrastructure and continue to build it out because again, the newspaper industry is starving for innovation and starving for new technology. And um, that's how we basically got involved with Post Media was uh, we, we were a primarily an East Coast Canada company. And part of my job when I was first hired was to find newspapers across the country that we could sign up given our relationship with Amazon and help them distribute more Amazon parcels across Canada. And one of the first organizations we signed up was Post Media. And as the old saying goes, they liked the product so much, they bought the company. And one of the primary drivers uh, for this acquisition was to get their hands on both the parcel business, but also the parcel uh, technology infrastructure. So it's been a real game changer for us. And um, and in addition to uh, sort of the, the volume going through our channels, we also make a small commission, again, leveraging the infrastructure 
uh, for newspapers across Canada who help deliver our parcels uh, on our behalf. So it's it's uh, it's been both an enabler and even a revenue generator for us. Great. And, and you know, Jason, do you see similar types of uh, trends with other customers that, that you have? I mean, are they looking to move down this road as well? And, and uh, uh, you know, what, what other benefits or uh, uh, ways of leveraging technology have they been uh, been able to accomplish? So uh, uh, back to what I said earlier, I think a lot of groups have been talking about it. And I don't mean recently, I mean, for, for a number of years. Um, I, I think what Derek said there toward the end of his comment was, look, they, they've done a couple of things, maybe uh, uh, accidentally, but accidentally on purpose, right? So they built everything with commercially off-the-shelf available software. That means if you want to deploy this at your newspaper, you they add licenses and 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 you're off and running. Very uh, uh, shallow uh, curve to get up and running. Um, I think what they've done is is the path. Um, you know, we're working hard with Derek and, and with Post Media to uh, you know, really talk about, hey, they've done it, lay it in. So you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a phrase within the industry, extend the runway. How do we extend the runway? And I hate that phrase. Um, here these guys are paving a new runway. So forget the old runway. Well, maybe not forget it, but, but, but let's improve on what we're doing. Let's, let's pivot to something that uh, can be a re revenue generator. That's a new way of, of, of looking at the advantages that we, we already have. So, so uh, you know, uh, Derek, uh, you, you know, as a way to wrap up, then, I mean, uh, any based on what you've learned so far and your experience to date, I mean, any words of advice or lessons learned for companies that you know want to enter the partial delivery market? I mean, what that, that will help them succeed? Sure. I mean, it's very. Thanks, Jason. No, it's it's a good question because there's a couple of neat things to think of. Um, one is, you know, at first we we had some initial success and things are going well, and then the gig economy really took over with regards to, you know, your skip the dishes, DoorDash, Uber Eats, that, that kind of model of pigeon ship uh, in Utah. A lot of different models came into place, which are cool, but um, the notion of having a dedicated uh, delivery force is still really important to a lot of shippers out there. So again, we were able to, uh, you know, make ourselves unique in the market in that we provide that dedicated um, service and not necessarily just someone who's on call or someone who's using an app looking for stuff to do that. But, you know, so we've been able to coexist with that whole um, genre of delivery services. And also I'd argue compete against them somewhat when they really sort of exploded a couple of years ago, the dust has settled a bit now. And, um, and we've been able to carve out our own niche and, and quite a stable niche and, and looking uh, to build upon that. So um, that was sort of the one thing I wanted to, to call out there because there's been a lot of interest in that. And then, and then the other is, is the notion of um, people, again, I mentioned it before, being so starved for uh, an idea like this, as Jason said, and the ability to spin it up and add more customers and add more newspapers is, is really remarkably simple. Um, now, there, there has been a lot of things to, to sort of uh, navigate our way through with regards to um, the scheduling, right? So newspapers have a very fixed schedule, as you said earlier on. You get up, get your Wall Street Journal, it's there at 6 a.m. You know, the notion of people getting their parcels at 6 a.m. was a bit foreign to start with, but people have come to come to appreciate it. But it's a lot of um, orchestrating to get, uh, you know, the delivery times from the shippers, uh, meet the newspaper printing schedule, the newspaper distribution schedule. So uh, a lot of things need to take place in a short window of time overnight 
to make all this work. And of course, being in Canada, we've got to contend with the winter and thank God that's almost over now. But um, it was it's it was a lot of work to sync up all the schedules. And some days it's still, we still have our challenges, but the, even the more unique thing now is a lot of newspapers are looking to go digital. So the reliance on the newspaper schedule is actually lessening up. So we're, we're almost evolving from a company that used to print and deliver newspapers along with some parcels to a parcel delivery company that also does digital and uh, physical newspapers. So it's, it's still happening in real time, but it's been fascinating to watch that evolution. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it sounds like, you know, a couple of things, you know, going back to your point about uh, gig drivers and, and, and having your own uh, driving, uh, drivers, um, I think part of that, correct me if I'm wrong, is, you know, it's, it's really about controlling the brand or, you know, owning the end customer experience. Right. Because I think sometimes, um, you know, there might be a perception or reality from the part of, of the customers that, you know, and from companies like yourselves, that if these drivers aren't really your employees, they're not, you know, wearing your name, you know, your company name, so on and so forth, you know, at the end of the day, you're responsible for the end customer experience. So, you know, by having your own driver drivers, you um, uh, at least have greater control over, you know, making sure that you're um, uh, fulfilling that promise and maximizing you know, the end customer experience, particularly if any issues, you know, come up. So I'm kind of curious if, if that's part of it, uh, you know, in terms of the rationale uh, there. And, um, you know, I think the other piece I think was interesting was, you know, that there's some change management involved, right? So it's sort of like, you know, we, we, we can't try to fit this partial piece, you know, a square peg in a round hole type of thing. You know, we need to really take a step back and say, hey, in this hybrid environment, um, we need to change our processes a little bit. We need to think a little bit more holistically. And there is going to need, we, we need to think differently and we need to change our processes in order to, to succeed here. So that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, no, those are great. Two great points. I mean, with regards to the first point, uh, the gig, you know, the gig economy certainly has its spot. And um, there are a lot of shippers for whom that works just great with. But you're exactly right. When you need the deep integration that we have with uh, some of the major shippers who, whether it's parcel tracking or all of the parcel updates are, you know, we've got a mobile element to our parcel app that's downloadable on the Apple store or the Google play store. Um, so carriers just use their phones as, you know, for the proof of delivery for all of the parcel tracking updates. But when you look at the integration requirements that someone like an Amazon has, th they're pretty deep and um, that requires a pretty big commitment with regards to, you know, versions of the software and quality assurance testing of the software. I mean, it's got to be 24, 7, 365. Um, we send parcel update statuses to Amazon every, or to all of our shippers every 15 minutes. So when it comes to deep integration requirements and that really, really robust reporting, um, absolutely critical. And then with regards to the scheduling, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's very dynamic and it's still, it's still evolving. Um, as our parcel business has grown, when we've looked to optimize trucking, um, you know, in many cases, it's these days, it's the newspaper schedule shifting a little bit to help uh, with the parcels versus when we first started this out, the parcels had to take a back seat and, and, the, and the newspapers were always king. But it's uh, it's it's happening in, in real time and uh, where and whenever possible, we're always looking to improve efficiencies and, and marry the two to provide that best customer experience for both the newspaper reader and the parcel recipient. So 
a lot of ongoing care and feeding to to make that seamless. I tell you what, there you did a great job of paring that conversation down that we had about an hour, hour and a half last time yeah. we to about three, four minutes there. But well done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Thanks. Jason, any, anything to add there? Words of advice or lessons learned for, for, for newspapers that are looking to get into the partial delivery uh, market? Like with anything else, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, a low barrier entry and the ease of this. At the end of the day, there is no easy button. It's going to require some work, um, but the payoff is exponential. Uh, I think Derek would, 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 would back that coming up uh, fully. So, um, you know, stop talking about it and be about it. Let's do it. Great. Well, you know, um, even though there's been a, a slight dip in uh, e-commerce activity over the past uh, few months, uh, certainly in the beginning of this year, and, and you know, volumes have been down, you know, the long-term growth rate and the long-term projection is for, the, for this market to continue to grow, you know, in, in the years ahead. And I, I think as a lot of companies have realized is that, you know, you used to think about the, you know, the big three, and you almost thought about that there was kind of infinite capacity in the partial space. And, and particularly, you know, during the COVID times, uh, you realize that there is not, there isn't infinite capacity in, in partial. And there's a lot of opportunity for uh, and need for other, uh, you know, carriers to, you know, enter this market, other service providers enter this market to meet this growing need. So, so I think, um, you know, for newspapers, to really look at this opportunity and help fill that void that is only going to continue to, you know, get bigger um, as the market continues to grow, I think is a, you know, a smart business, uh, smart business choice. And I think, uh, you know, Derek, I think your, your company is a great, uh, you know, provides a, a great case study in, um, you know, what the benefits are and, and how to get started on this. So again, Derek, Jason, thank you both for you know making the time to 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 be on the program and to share your insights and perspectives on this topic. Great, no, thank you very much. It was wonderful to be able to participate. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Uh, appreciate it, Derek. Good to see you again. Look forward to seeing you, you again too. in person. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the RouteSmart uh, website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question for Derek or Jason, uh, you can submit it there, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.